0: You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio Radio. TOVH, The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell radio show. I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, the internet sweetheart, the golden boy, the 365 Days of Horror, or as we like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I am, well, I'm esteemed apparently, so I'm doing okay. Hey, got a steamed colleague over here, the uh, Albany way. I'm I'm an esteemed broccoli. (laughs) Um, Jordan, uh, there's been like three things that happened this week, and nobody listened to our last show because everybody's on vacation. You just want to kind of goof off for a while.
1: I always want to goof off. Actually, that's not true. I'm probably the one who doesn't want to goof off the most on this show. But sure, it is summertime. We can hang. We can chill. We can do whatever made up words young people say now.
0: Yeah, we'll fucking get jiggy with it and such. Uh, I'm pretty sure
1: we'll let the dogs out. Who? 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 I think they're still saying that, right? They might as well. I think, isn't it? It's been about twenty years, so it's probably going to be cool again. I don't know about cool, but uh, ironic to talk about the Baja Men and the Vanga Boys and whoever else was popular for five minutes back in two thousand two. I mean, I'm I'm still seeing
0: like Shaggy and I guess what Doritos commercials now. So sure,
1: why not? Shaggy received an honorary degree from where I work this like three weeks ago.
0: What did he do to earn that honorary degree? He was very bombastic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, you can't deny that he is Mister Bombastic. So Mr. Uh, well, now he's Doctor Bombastic, I guess. <laughs> he has one up on all of us. Yeah, good for him. Um, I think that uh, the thing that uh, happened this week uh, that got a lot of. Um, got a lot of attention, uh, is that, uh, let me, I
1: guess, let me back up.
0: Uh, do you watch, uh, the Netflix original series, stranger things?
1: I do. And I have one episode to go. No one ruin it for me.
0: Okay. Okay. I watched, I think two episodes of the first season and it, it didn't do nothing for me. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to back out on this cultural phenomenon and I'll, I'll let everybody else get on it. So uh, you want to give me like a quick elevator pitch of what's uh, what's the deal with this with this show?
1: Uh, small town, young kids find a powerful psychic girl in the woods, and uh, she helps them fight monsters that are invading the town. Now, are these um, is
0: it the the same monsters? is it a monster of the week kind of deal, a la X Files? It's
1: pretty much a monster of the season. Okay, okay. and it all goes back to, like, one big monster in another dimension that's trying to get into ours.
0: Now, why is it trying to do that? You know, it's what monsters do. Oh, that's fair. Uh, can't knock the hustle. Okay, so um, you would say
1: that you've been enjoying it since uh, since you've started it, right? Yeah, overall, I enjoy it. Uh, entertaining enough, funny enough, lots of nostalgia, sometimes a little too much, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, so... I think
0: uh, what happened uh, this last week was that uh, the they they aired the end of this season, I think. Is that what happened? Yes.
1: Yeah, it was the final uh, episode of the season that was, I think it's over two hours long. So Ooh. it's kind of like a movie-length final episode. And they also announced, I think, they have one final season that's going to come out in 2024.
0: Oh, man. Those kids are going to be like 30 by then. Uh, okay, so uh, somewhere along those lines, uh, near this uh, finale, um, Metallica was featured in some kind of prominent place with this. Um, now, yeah,
1: there's a character that they introduced this season that is the, if you're doing something in the 80s, you have to have one heavy metal cliche character now, and uh, this character, his name is Eddie Munson, and um, he's has a Dio back patch on his... Battle jacket that actually came from, like, Dio's foundation and is a legitimate, like, 1986 backpatch. That's kind of rad. So they, they tried a little bit. It's not just, oh, he is a metal guy. It's, they, they did a little bit of that, and I think in, in the background, the band Massacre actually pointed this out on their social media, that, like, in his room for a split second, there's, like, one of their old flyers up on the wall.
0: Huh. Uh... Eddie Munson, you say it's uh, yes. it's good that Munsons are getting more uh, more media representation. It's been a dark road since Kingpin. Uh, you haven't heard too much from the Munsons.
1: I guess it's been long enough, and I would assume they're primed to go for some sort of Manson sort <laughs> of thing. Um, so, uh, if uh, if you've been you
0: know seeing Shatter online uh, over the last several months, previously uh, the series. Uh, absorbed all the air and the uh, music space again uh, by featuring uh, Kate Bush. Uh, her song, I believe it was Running Up That Hill, uh, put it on, I think it was number one on the charts, actually, for the first time ever. Uh, it certainly didn't receive that accolade back in the 80s when it was new. Uh, so that was uh, there was a lot of talk about um, uh, introducing uh, a new generation to uh, the works of Kate Bush, and that, that was a good thing. And then there was some chatter about gatekeeping Kate Bush or something. And, and that has, again, uh, repurposed uh, this exact same conversation, just with different uh, adjectives, uh, different proper nouns. In the case of Metallica, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so a couple episodes ago, they had the Kate Bush song, which is a song I never heard before. Really? For, for being, I don't know, supposedly popular... It's just one of those things that I listened to it after people started talking about. It. I'm like, I, I just don't know this song, and I don't know. I'm fairly nostalgic and have a pretty good memory, so by and large, if something was popular within the whatever 80s, 90s, and 2000s, I'll at least know about it. Maybe if I can't, if you tell me the name, I might not know it, but if you start playing it, I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, this song, or maybe even sing a couple words. But this one, I just didn't know, and it's like. um the show in the 90s with uh, what was it? The Jack Russell Terrier Wishbone? Uh, yes. Never, <laughs> never saw that before. You never we saw Wishbone? Bone. Never saw it. It's just, you know, people will post, I remember this, here's but Nothing. Which is super weird because, you know, I, <laughs> I have watched a lot of TV in my life and just to never ever come across that just feels super weird and it's kind of like the same thing with this Kate Bush song.
0: Okay, so uh, maybe, maybe the deal is like with wishbone
1: specifically, did you have cable as a kid? Uh, I had cable, I don't know, somewhere mid elementary school, Okay. maybe th- second grade, third grade, somewhere around there, fairly young first couple of years no, but you know,
0: for the most part, yes. So I, I never had cable as a kid. So I watched a lot of PBS, uh, Rider? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, wishbone was big on the PBS affiliates.
1: See, I watched. Ghost Rider, but just I don't know. Not not Wishbone. Um, I uh, I don't know when
0: I I think I first heard Kate Bush in high school. Uh, I got a uh, a greatest hit CD from Half Price Books, um, and she's got some uh, she's got some serious bangers. Uh, uh, so I guess I, I've been I've been familiar with the, the work for a long time. It's just uh, I, I I also think she was much much bigger in the UK than she was in the US.
1: And yeah, yeah, I mean, that can certainly be one of those things. I did see that and I, you know, I don't know how true this is, but that she had the rights to her song or credits and because of this show and because of the new popularity and interest surrounding her, she's made like 2 million dollars, 3 million dollars off of this.
0: Yeah, she's she uh she's been smart about all of her her catalog, her her entire career, so she's just fucking she's chilling that's like a nice extra little check but she's like uh not quite living in a castle like inya style but pretty close to it i would say
1: (laughs) that's one of those rare stories where someone actually owns their music and retains it and it's not been passed around to different labels and people and some wealthy texan oil baron owns it and you get nothing
0: yeah uh it's got a and uh do you think the the Beatles had like a, like a simmering resentment for Michael Jackson for like buying their shit?
1: I yeah, I think they actually did. Paul McCartney, I mean, did that song with him, and a few years later, he bought their um, all their music, and I think that was the end of the friendship.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently the uh, the only thing that can uh, get between ebony and ivory is uh, green.
1: <laughs> And now he's dead, and they probably don't get any of the money that uh, shows up now when Beatles songs are used in, like, Arby's commercials. Uh, um, I,
0: this It's one of those things where, like, uh, this doesn't matter anymore. If you, if you write a hit song now, like, you're not going to make any money on it regardless of if you own all, all of the property or whatever. But uh, back then, pretty serious fuck-up to not uh, take control legally of all that stuff.
1: And it also doesn't matter because... The most popular shows aren't going to be playing your stuff anymore. They're going to be playing songs from 30 years ago. Correct. So uh,
0: one of those things, go back in time, listen to this episode. That'll be useful. Uh, nobody knows what a podcast is 40 years ago, but, you know, figure it out. Uh, so the, the new thing this week is, uh, is Metallica uh, was featured in Stranger Things. It's uh, Master of Puppets was featured, right?
1: Yeah, this uh, heavy metal character played Master of Puppets uh, in a scene, and apparently it's been a, a big boost to Metallica, those young, scrappy up-and-comers who Thank have God. never gotten a break in their life. Thank God. I'm glad that somebody is finally giving Metallica their proper deal. <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I try to look at it from both perspectives of if you have a hit show, you're going to want to get the best thing possible, and yeah get metallica they're the biggest band in the world biggest heavy metal band for sure um you know the song was this album was popular when it came out so yeah put it in i totally get it and on the other hand like maybe you could have played any other band like that would have been nice maybe they could have used a boost instead
0: um yeah that's true but you know i guess i guess you got to go with the the big get there um, you yeah, can But uh, in, in, again. Your, in your opinion, in in just in your mind, what is the what is the second biggest metal band of all time?
1: Hmm. I guess. Do we want to be broad about metal? Because I mean, you could start to slide in hard rock bands. Um, you know, are we eliminating grunge? You know, just to make sure like metal metal are we going with let's
0: let's keep it in the traditional pantheon the well-known
1: hall of fame metal artists i mean i'd either have to go with black sabbath or iron maiden
0: yeah uh i believe it's black sabbath and just for fun this week i wanted to compare uh how many total units sold black sabbath had vis-a-vis metallica uh, and the the answer actually surprised me a little bit. Uh, Black Sabbath uh, coming in at about seventy five million units sold. Uh, how many you got for Metallica?
1: A billion, uh,
0: not quite there, but still uh, a lot. It's one hundred and twenty five million. So uh, just blowing out the originators of metal like completely. Like there is no, there's no catching up. <laughs> So there, there you go. Like uh, an Iron Man's not 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 come close to to those numbers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by far the biggest band in the history, or will ever be in metal. It's a, it's 125
1: million records sold. Yeah. So if you can afford it, and you're the biggest show on Netflix, and arguably one of the bigger shows on entertainment as a whole. Yeah, you know, fork over the money and get the biggest band possible. like I said, as a fan, it would have been nice to get some of these maybe lesser known bands a little bit of a boost. They could probably use it a little bit more than playing the big massive hit from the big massive band who are now all acting all flattered. And I think they did some TikTok jam with the video from the show. And it's just like, oh, cool it would it would have been
0: ki- cool if uh this kid, again I don't I don't watch the show I don't know anything about it but it would have been cool if the kid with the dio backpack played like rainbow in the dark or something
1: yeah but I, that's not metal enough you know that's it's, true no. I, it's a, i guess a little too lighthearted and silly as it were but i was just curious cuz this uh, season is supposed to take place in 1986, mm-hmm. which is when Master of Puppets came out. And I think, like, someone did the math and was like, Master of the Puppets came out two weeks before this episode is supposed to occur and this guy learned the song without tabs, et cetera, et cetera. Non-canonical! But non-canonical! <laughs> false. And I was just like, uh, who else put out albums in 1986? You know, just to see who could have been instead of them and... um Let me read off a couple of albums that also came out in 1986. Regardless of if this actually came out in March or April, that doesn't matter. So you got Master of Puppets from Metallica. Pretty good one. Peace Sells Who's Buying Megadeth. Pretty good one. Rain and Blood Slayer. Pretty good one. Somewhere in Time Iron Maiden. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Orgasmatron Motorhead. That's a pretty good one morbid vision sepulchera that's a very good one Uh, awaken the guardian fate's warning I haven't actually
0: listened I might have listened to that when we talked to the guy from fate's warning actually
1: (laughs) which was a fun interview it was It was pleasure to kill creator oh that's a great one Uh, eternal devastation destruction yeah yeah Uh, seventh star by black sabbath I don't know if I've listened to that one man Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus, Candlemask. Oh, it, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> eye Against Eye, Bad Brains. Uh,
0: love it. I don't know if it would fit in the, the Pantheon for what yeah, wouldn't, for It would Yeah,
1: it wouldn't fit with this, so yeah. especially with as they're changing. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Van Halen, 5150.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Again, totally different vibe unless he's, like, vanquishing the demons with, like, a cold uh, sixer of tall boys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Voivod Roar. Hey, there we go. Um, the final countdown Europe. You know what? It would work if he was soloing. Obsessed with Cruelty Sodom. Yeah, that's a good one. Turbo, Judas Priest. Ooh!
0: Now you're gonna flip the <laughs> You're gonna flip the tone quite a bit with that one, but
1: I'm into it. <laughs> and fatal portrait king diamond yeah that's a good one there's a lot of good legendary iconic important metal albums that happened just in that one year which when Mm. you read it out loud and look at it you go like wow that was a crazy year for heavy metal so it would have been cool if maybe they picked some of those other bands i agree with you Um, But at the same time, even if you wanted, if you wanted to get more obscure, like Metal Church put out an album, Dark Angel, Flotsam and Jetsam, you could have gone a little bit more towards lesser known things, who probably could really use the money at this point.
0: Yeah, but I guess if this show has such a, a niche in the world of nostalgia, you want to go with something that's really well known, right?
1: Yeah, you want to cuz it's not for metal people like us. It is for people who broadly are aware of like what heavy metal may be. And if you say to them, name a heavy metal band just to a random person, they're almost all going to say Metallica. Yeah. It's it's kind of like um in modern times for wrestling fans where they argue like who's over or who's popular. If you go up to a random person and you say name a wrestler, they're almost all going to say Hulk Hogan or The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not many are going to name Roman Reigns. Some will name Brock Lesnar. Like none will mention Adam Cole or Orange (laughs) Cassidy. Uh,
0: I only vaguely know who those guys are. (laughs) Um, And like, you know our wrestling contingent is very mad at this right now. Uh, <laughs> you don't know the guy that I like. Exactly, exactly. I'm sorry, guys. I just I'm very, very uh, spotty with trying to keep keep up with things. Um, <clears throat> I get it. At the same time, there, uh, I don't want us to be accused of gatekeeping uh, Metallica yeah. here, right? Uh, which apparently is a big concern, uh, or at least. Uh, judging by all of the shit that I'm seeing across the internet, it's a big concern. I have yet to find any concrete proof that that anyone has ever made any kind of gesture at such a thing.
1: This is all hearsay and
0: conjecture. As far as I can tell. Because uh, Metallica, they got online and were like, we're, we're just happy that, you know, like people are listening to us or whatever. Real, like, golly gee humble kind of shit.
1: Uh, Just ignore the time we went in front of Congress And called downloading our music theft
0: Yes um, our, our esteemed colleague uh, Brenicide, he put it out there Like, please uh, share all the Screenshots you have of, of people Being uh, gate creepy fucks uh, About this Metallica thing with me And nothing Absolutely nothing uh, Is
1: this one of those situations Where people make up a person to be mad about
0: I, I think that That could be the case, uh, or if you want to be more insidious with it, uh, the Metallica PR team saw an opportunity to keep their name in the headlines uh, for longer uh, by trying to inject some kind of uh, conjecture and hearsay that uh, people are being uh, weird uh, about about, uh, Metallica being featured on the popular Netflix show
1: an army of Metallica-owned bots complaining about the show just so other people can complain about the people complaining? It's possible. Uh,
0: I, I think that it wouldn't be totally out of the question. I've said far more
1: absurd things on the show. I will later on this episode. I mean, I'm sure there are some people out there that have complained about it, but I haven't seen too many. And typically when people say stupid things on social media, it tends to blow up more because... People often point to it and say, look at this stupid thing. So even though I don't follow these people, I don't follow people who do, it still somehow ends up on my radar. And this, I have, I just haven't seen anything. Yeah.
0: Um, in middle aged, salty Metallica fans are like microplastics. They're fucking everywhere, dude. Like it's impossible. (laughs) They're
1: (laughs) They're in my bloodstream, right? now. Exactly.
0: So, uh, I I feel like I would have been more aware of their presence, but uh, again, nothing. Not a thing. Uh, So I think think maybe a little sleight of hand. Maybe a
1: little bit of, uh, you know, wet works behind the machinery or such. There's just a secret farm of people in some poor impoverished nation just typing out, being mad about Metallica showing up on Stranger Things and That's how the sausage gets made for this, and now more people are talking about Metallica and more people are listening to Master of Puppets and more songs get legally downloaded and they make their billions and billions of dollars off of something that came out uh, almost 40 years ago.
0: Yes. Um, So I haven't seen anybody trying to gatekeep Metallica for the kids, Uh, but I might start, I guess, Uh, just to fill a niche, you know? Uh, we should we should start gatekeeping like load and reload. <laughs> I love that idea. Uh, also, I, I like kind of I like some of the songs on those records anyway. Uh, you, you pussies don't know anything about Hero of the Day. Yeah, uh,
1: you you
0: fucking children would weep if you heard Ain't My
1: Bitch. I was in eighth grade when this song came out. What do you know?
0: Um, I have, however, seen many uh, people in my cohort, uh, relatively speaking, uh, pipe up with things like nobody cares to fucking gatekeep this band that hasn't been good in 40 fucking years. I'm <laughs>
1: <coughs> sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <coughs> this kills the joke. Yes, I agree. Uh,
0: so, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that the last interesting thing that Metallica did was probably right around 9 11. Uh, I don't know the exact dates, but that's what I'm going with. Um, that be- Possibly nine ten
1: or 9-12? Yes, yes. Um, the way you phrased that, it sounded like you were accusing Metallica of doing something insidious. See, I'm learning more about
0: communication skills, Jordan. I get to kind of make these, uh, you know... Not quite direct references, and people wonder. It starts to form uh, ideas in their brain. Was Metallica responsible for the events of 9/11, 2001? Who knows? I'm hearing people say it. Uh, I'm not saying it. Are they coming after you? Are they coming after your family? We can't be sure. I think that uh, I'm. I'm a big. I can go ahead and say it. I, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, catalog for the most part of uh, Metallica, uh, at least around that area and before. But. Uh, again, I I would really like us to maybe not be stuck 40 years ago. I would like things to move forward. Uh, I realize that the, uh, nostalgia driven Netflix show is not a great uh, conduit for that, but well, that seems to be what takes up all the oxygen in the room, right? You
1: know, people are hungry for better times in their head, whether they actually were better or not, but also some simpler times. And, I think, especially in like horror movies and suspenseful things, the trend for a while has been like going back to eighties and nineties to kind of eliminate cell phones yeah. and Wi-Fi and internet access, where people could easily get out of bad situations where they just, you know, turn on their phone and go on their Instagram messaging and they get help right away. Um,
0: you really have to work against that pretty hard in your plot to you it just sags things down you know like um what was it your next that movie we watched for the uh, halloween spectacular the mm-hmm. like it has to be a a plot point that uh, one of the guys is a scumbag who buys like a cell phone scrambler off the dark web
1: <laughs> i mean some some movies do do it right um oh i'm forgetting the name of this horror movie um damn i'm going to look it up give me a second um, it was the it was the horror movie with the actress who looks just like uh, Samara Weaving. That's her name. Uh,
0: uh, you fucking I saw the saw the fucking movie. I know what you're talking about. Is the hide and seek movie? Yeah, uh, I got to get
1: the name of it now. Uh, Ready or not? Okay. Ready or not? Okay. There are some movies that do technology well in like dealing with it, and one of the good examples is Ready or Not. It was the like hide and seek kind of funny being a attack movie with Samara weaving in it where uh, she eventually like does get in a car and it's controlled by OnStar and like she's talking with the operator and he's just like you know you're not the person who's supposed to be driving it I'm shutting it down now have a nice night and then she can't get away so that's like one clever way of dealing with technology
0: You know, I I watched that entire movie uh, at the theater and I was watching the credits. And I at that moment, I was like, what the fuck do you mean? That's not Margot Robbie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think she gets that a lot. She looks very similar, but uh, she does a lot of horror movies. And I think there was a meme going around of a picture of her just covered in blood in like five or six different shows that she's done. Like she's been on uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead and a couple other things as well. Uh, Yeah, Uh, the babysitter.
0: Oh yeah, I did see that one. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it, you gotta. That's a, that's a fair point. You have to make all kinds of uh, uh, what is the word for it uh, accommodations uh, to try to do something more modern. And uh, it seems like in that regard, um, the, the there is no there is no push for something more modern for modern metal sounds again i don't even know what that would be like uh because everything's kind of stuck stylistically in a certain era uh i mean the last major push was what gent
1: uh how long ago was that more than 10 years now (laughs) yeah more than 10 years we've talked about that and there's other things that have cropped up here and there and I think people have corrected us on there's been other things but you know we how many revivals are we gonna have for thrash now how many old school death metal bands are putting out albums right now this year that are like super popular and well-liked and it's just i don't know we that's what we do and typically when new things come along metalheads tend to not like it yep people were begging for new things for years and I know people aren't too keen on them, but Volbeat actually did something different, and metalheads weren't super into it. But it doesn't matter now because they're headlining arenas.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the deal. Um,
1: if you want to really be a big
0: successful band, you have uh, your your biggest barrier is uh, is you know the rank and file metalheads. <laughs>
1: And then you change to something more palatable and you actually make money and become popular like a Volbeat or a Parkway Drive or Bring Me the Horizon.
0: I guess that's true. Um, so, so I don't want to listen to any of them, but yeah. that's what works for some of them. I guess I think, I think I, it all makes sense now. Like uh, trying to think about the things that are actually popular with the youth, it's like, oh, I'm not interested in those things. Maybe I do need to just be like the nostalgia guy. <laughs>
1: And there's nothing wrong with that like what you like and you know when creator puts out a new album go for it see them when they come to town and i don't know if you want new bands you're probably going to be worshiping the old bands you already like that's true uh
0: there's again like five actual metal bands and everything's a an iteration of that that's fine i like it um so <clears throat> metallica um you think they're doing okay? Do, are they, are they, do you think they made enough money off of this, or are they, you know, are they going to be uh, having to, you know,
1: slumming at Arby's for a while? I feel like Metallica would give it all up if that meant they could just get a little bit more money. <laughs> I,
0: I imagine you're right. Um, well, uh, the Metallica beat—can we say that we've covered it on this one?
1: We can. Uh, don't gatekeep. Metallica but also don't make up people get keeping Metallica
0: yeah uh, I, I, I just all of this is very confusing to me <laughs> this, this was supposed to be so simple why, did, why is it so, so not
1: <laughs> is, our identities are wrapped up in this stupid thing whenever it creeps into any sort of mainstream stuff now people lose their minds one way or the other that's fair. Um, let's, let's talk about something
0: that's maybe more relevant for the, uh, the kind of uh, you know, grilled cheese sandwich eating uh, metalhead uh, that uh, is most likely to listen to us. Um, you got uh, an email. Uh, you're not actually sure when you got the email because you've been digging through uh, an old email address recently, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, one of my projects is putting out some new music eventually. Stuff's pretty much done, recorded, and now kind of in the process of like, what do we want for artwork? Who do we want to talk to? Layout, that sort of thing. And at, at this point, you need to start reaching out to some of these different places and these different people. And um, had an old email address that, again, this project hasn't really done anything in a while. So. Went into it for the first time in like two years, three years, and there were a fair amount of emails in there. It was almost all like desperate PR people trying to get us to hire them to put out press releases, um, which is don't do that. Don't just randomly reach out to bands. I I question how much that could possibly work, but I, you, you, miss every sh- you miss every shot you don't take. <laughs> yeah, it's these pure firms are like Wayne Gretzky. That's definitely what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get a couple of emails from a name that is familiar to longtime listeners of the show, and I think literally anyone that has music up on Bandcamp that has any sort of heavy metal tag, death metal, black metal, heavy metal, anything, you have probably been contacted by these people.
0: Check your via folder. Nocturna. <laughs> yeah. Via Nocturna Now that's a name that some of you uh, may be hearing for the first time uh, but after you put out your one man gore grind
1: band uh, you'll you'll hear from them for sure <laughs> they have actually put out music it's not a total scam I mean it is a total scam but it's not like one of these uh, please send your CD to Brazil so we can review it and then you never hear from them again or you know send us $100 and we will put your ad in our webzine Things like that So they do actually make things And we have gotten PR emails from them But this is kind of a window into how they work That people may not be aware of Or may have forgotten And it's a fairly long email But I'll just do the breakdowns of how they actually work So if you want your CD to be produced by them Which in this day and age isn't necessarily needed You can just put these things up on Bandcamp for free if you want Yep CD, our specialty, printed CD, double-sided inlay cards, eight-pages booklet. Also, you don't need eight pages. Nope. No one's going to read this shit. Nope. <laughs> it can just be one sheet of paper if you want. Jewel case. Again, you also don't need a jewel case. Jewel case and individual wrap and packaging. Comes in two popular varieties. A, 200 units, which cost 1,000 euros. Ooh! <gasps> boy a thousand
0: euros for 200 cds in the year of our lord 2022 and i'm gonna tell you right now
1: uh, 185 to 190 of those cds are just gonna end up in the back of your closet
0: it's seriously like you're not gonna sell these Uh, if anything like you gotta give cds away for free like with a
1: t-shirt purchase that's what i do (laughs) or just give it to your friends uh, around christmas time exactly uh and on top of that, it's free shipping within the European Union, so good luck to you if you live anywhere outside, like <laughs> the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. B, you can get 500 units. Five,
0: 500
1: CDs. 500 CDs. If you need 500 CDs, you're not going to be working with this label. Put it that way. Um, so you yeah, you, you, might, five,
0: you, you might think you need 500 CDs.
1: You don't <laughs> You absolutely one hundred percent do not. You can get five hundred CDs at a cost of fifteen hundred Euros free shipping within the European Union. Da, da, da. Free shipping with the European Union. Pretty good deal. Delivery usually takes four to six weeks after accepting the proof PDFs, additional pages, digipack packaging, alternate designs are calculated individually. Now if you're not feeling CD, you can get tape. A rare delicacy. A rare (laughs) delicacy, huh? Yeah, it's uh, like bull testicles. (laughs) A rare delicacy, two-sided MC cassette tape with prints on both sides, inlay, plastic packaging, and individual wrap. Consider the amount of 100 units for 500 euros. Again, free shipping within EU. Delivery usually takes four to six weeks. Or you can get on the hip thing. That's probably still currently backed up. You can get vinyl. The creme de la creme. The best there is. Comes in two types. 300 units. Again, can you imagine a band having 300 vinyl albums that's like just playing your local metalcore 50 band show?
0: Yeah, you'll sell, I don't know, three of them? None.
1: I mean, I, I guess it's via Napster, so they'll probably gear more towards like black metal. Sure. Which at 300 units of a black metal band, you probably never heard of. Yeah, if you're selling Ugh.
0: 300 vinyl records of a black metal project, I mean, you yeah, again, you've already signed to one of the bigger labels there.
1: Or you're at it, you're already on No Colors.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: 300 units, classic envelope, which. I really hope it's not just the giant manila envelope that you're getting. Uh, classic envelope, plastic sleeve with test pressing for only 12 euros per unit for 300 units. Whew. Do you want to do the math on that?
0: Uh, actually, I do. Give me one second. 12 times 300. That's 3,600 euros, dude. Well, it's
1: 3,600
0: dollars. Euros is going to be more than that, right? All right. Let's go ahead and do 3,600. Euro to USD. Uh, actually, it's about one to one parity right now. Oh, how three, about that? $3,665.
1: Uh, I guess there is a war going on and global strife and recession fears and the UK currently imploding. So, all right, fair enough. Uh, gatefold envelope plastic sleeve, test pressing for only 15 euros per unit. Delivery time varies heavily from 18 to 25 weeks. I'm going to tell you now it's going to take a lot longer than that. I'm trying to Between. imagine
0: the priority order for like at a test pressing plant. And it's via Nocturne. has got to be somewhere below like, uh, I don't know, repressing Tiny Tim's Greatest Hits.
1: <laughs> Pretty low on there in the, the important scale. It's like a Dell and then the uh, the printing out their 300 vinyls for Via Nocturna. <laughs> or you can get t-shirts through them. Again, you do not need to get t-shirts.
0: <laughs> I can't think of a better
1: way to print t-shirts
0: than from some company somewhere in Europe uh, to wherever you are.
1: <laughs> you literally, whatever town you're in, if you're near a city... There is at least five or six people that can print you high-quality T-shirts. Correct. And they will do it for much cheaper and may even drive to your house with a box of T-shirts for you. Yes. So, T-shirts. Something to go out in. High-quality fabric. We prefer Souls Imperial 195G material. Different sizes. For the girls, too! Exclamation point. 50 units, one color. Print on front, back. Individual packaging for every T-shirt. Cost. 500 euros plus shipping one color
0: printing on the front that's that's a pretty bad deal man
1: that's a real bad deal 50 units four colors print on front slash back individual packaging for a t-shirt cost 700 euros plus shipping
0: again 50 t-shirts for
1: 700 euros that seems like an awful awful deal Especially if you like break it down by size, like you're only getting a handful of small, medium, large, XLs, you know, or you're probably not going to be printing too many of like double XLs or even triple. I mean, it's, you're limiting yourself in that respect too. It, shirts can be expensive, and you don't want to get too many because again, they'll be stuck in the back of your closet forever. Yeah, and you just ate yeah. that cost <laughs> and merch, perhaps a patch, a button, or something else. We've got you covered. Tell us what you need. All products are calculated individually.
0: Man, um, I get that it, it's, not, it's not technically a scam. You are providing you know, what you promise for the price uh, that they quote you. Mm-hmm. I, I am saying that their approach is a little scammy here. You're not getting scammed, you're just getting blatantly ripped off. That's correct. Uh, you got uh, a guy, basically. Uh, it's a uh, what is a, what is the game? Yeah, he's got a you got a three card Monty dealer approaching you on the street, like, "Hey, nice band! Uh, bet you need to make some merch, right?"
1: <laughs> pick the queen. Pick the queen. If you pick the queen, you get fifty t shirts for seven hundred euros. Yeah, uh, all of these things uh, you can either do
0: uh, yourself or hire somebody uh, to do for, for far, far cheaper locally. Uh, So that you don't have to incur the costs of shipping uh, a shit ton of heavy things across an ocean or a sea or wherever the hell they are in Europe. Who knows? Um, It's it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal.
1: And honestly, in this situation, they're probably making a little extra on the side uh, for themselves to then give to distros for whatever sort of percentage or just a flat out fee to whoever's willing to sell your stuff. And you're not going to see a penny of that.
0: Oh, I forgot about that angle too. (laughs) Yeah. They're getting you from both ends there,
1: dog. Yeah. Just suddenly your albums showing up on like Napalm records, distro or season of mist. uh, And even a lot of the smaller ones. And sometimes it shows up on like Best Buy or Amazon and you go, cool. That's really funny. I'm not getting any of this. If any of it gets sold or Suddenly, a bunch of your albums are up on Discog.
0: Yeah, think about it this way. Do you think Kate Bush would sign one of these deals? I don't think so. No,
1: Kate Bush is savvy. <laughs> uh,
0: so, again, it's 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 good to see these guys. I'd forgotten that they ex- existed, to be fair. Um, but they're still out there hustling every single day. Every new release that goes out on Bandcamp, these guys
1: are emailing. They're, I we, we get their... PR emails with bands that they're trying to support or they work with, so they do still exist. Yeah, they they,
0: they are they are snaring guys. They're they're getting people in their trap, and uh, then it gets uh, regurgitated out to us, which we don't cover. <laughs> <laughs> Not typically. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could, uh, but I've never heard a uh, via Nocturna band that I was like, "Damn, this shit's fire,
1: dog." <laughs> Yeah, I think once or twice we're in news things, uh, we just go through our emails, we're like, "Yes, yeah, this, this is fine. Put this up." "Oh, who put this out?" "Oh, that's funny." Uh, don't do it. Just don't do it. Um
0: it's fun uh do do you have any idea where they are? I actually don't know. That's a good question. Um I don't know, but uh, wherever they are, you know, uh, we enjoy the full legal protections of the United States so we can insinuate that they are scammers, even though they're not technically.
1: Ah, uh, Google says they are a record company in Poland. There oh, oh, Bandcamp go. says they're an independent label from Poland, so confirmed. All right, Poland, there you go. Uh, there's probably somebody closer to
0: you than Poland, unless you're in Poland, in which case there's somebody else you could get to get your
1: shit than these guys. In which case, go to another country and get your shit made.
0: Yep. Uh, So, there you go. Uh, The Via Nocturna tip. uh, Good to know for everybody uh, out there. Just in case you hadn't heard before, don't do it. Uh, Let's move on to something that's a little bit more of interest to a general audience,
1: I would say. Uh, Yeah, we start with one bad idea and go to another one. Exactly. Um,
0: Disturbed. You know him, right? Ooh,
1: uh, uh, uh,
0: Yeah, also known as uh, the guys that uh, put together uh, the most uh, incredible heart-wrenching cover of The Sound of Silence it made your uh, fourth-grade English teacher weep uh, with joy. Uh, over a billion views on YouTube uh, at last check like a year ago. So, um, not struggling, probably. I don't think disturbs struggling.
1: I don't know about their investments. I think, I mean, they've been pretty quiet for a while, so they probably have been doing well enough where they don't need to show up in a Netflix show anytime soon.
0: i I don't think it's going to happen because nobody has like a nostalgia for the turn of the millennium, uh, you know, shit rock era. <laughs> Give it a couple years. Uh, actually, I take that back. Have you seen the show? Uh, what is it? Fucking Pen Fifteen no uh i don't think you would like it at all but it's uh um, no. it, it's uh two grown women uh who are uh like reliving uh their their lives in like the late 90s early 2000s uh, with an entirely like g- kid cast around them it's, yeah uh, I, know, I know people like it that sounds awful to me it is a deeply uh deeply uncomfortable program for me not a not a huge fan of it or nothing but uh it, it does make me bite my words because they are specifically doing uh, the nostalgia for that that, that particular era. Um, but Disturbed has not yet made an appearance there. I don't believe. <clears throat> I think they've kept it to like Blink-182 and such.
1: Mm. Well, maybe they'll introduce a cliche metal character and he will have the baggy kickwear pants and the spiky hair and uh he will ooh, uh uh at people. It's entirely and people possible. go yes. People go yes, I remember that song. Um for a while there, uh,
0: I don't know if we talked about it on the show where I, I kept it constrained to the DMs, but I had uh, had strongly suspected uh that uh, David Draymond was getting divorced uh because he was getting more unhinged online. Um but then he went quiet again. I assume that he patched things up amicably. I think that he said something in defense of trans youth.
1: And I was like, okay, the marriage is back on. Yeah, this it's such a galling thing with this guy because they'll say some incredibly stupid things and then say something very good. And be like, why can't you just be normal? <laughs> I know it's in you to like support a woman's right to choose and be vocal about it. And then, like, you say incredibly stupid, regressive shit.
0: Yeah. Like it's that. like either
1: just be an idiot or don't say anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, in that regard, like, David Draymond might be the most normal of the, uh, the shitheads we cover on a regular basis because he does have uh, wildly hypocritical and shifting views all the time, which would make him, a, a, like, a, a more of a standard American than any of the uh, dug deep end shitheads we talk about.
1: Yeah, it's like there's still hope for him, which makes it harder whenever you see him say something stupid. It's like, I know you're not stupid. It's it's like when a, a Gene Simmons or a Paul Stanley says something like smart and respectable. It's like, see, I know you're capable of it. You're just like greedy and weird and <laughs> do weird things, and I hate that. But I, I, like, I know you're not stupid.
0: Uh, so th- th- this thing that went around uh, this week, again, this is such a... This is so fucking stupid. This is so minor, but again, it's captured my attention, and of course, it's captured the attention of uh, other folks as well. Uh, That uh, The guitar player in uh, Disturbed, uh, Dan Donegan, was that it? Something like that? Sure, why not? Who fucking cares? Whatever. He uh, unveiled his uh, new guitar, uh, which is uh, just this god-awful paint job. It says, uh, fuck, cancel culture in the Coca Cola font
1: across of it. Now, we, we were talking about nostalgia. That is a very late 90s thing of like taking the MasterCard logo, but instead of it saying MasterCard, it says MasterBait. And yeah. It's like, ooh, look at this guy over here just taking the corporate logo and just making it say something you want to say or being slightly naughty.
0: Yeah. Now that now that you put it that way, I would absolutely pay uh, like a, a good uh, airbrush artist to uh, put an entire Big Johnson scene on my uh, guitar. <laughs> I think that would be I
1: was cool. going to say Big Johnson. What was the other one? Big Dog? Yeah, There's Big Dog. One. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like how we talked about putting uh, Looney Tunes characters <laughs> on shirts and then having like the mayhem logo above it or dissection or something like that. They should, man, should do that with Big Johnson and Big Dog. B-
0: Big Johnson in particular is so poised for this moment in time. Every like you get online, people are are, are getting like a hundred k likes on just the most juvenile, common dick jokes. I think that
1: people are ready for Big Johnson. Oh, you know what we need do you remember was it like the stick figures that were like fucking grooving oh yeah far from uh far from pooping And <laughs> <laughs> like this i think they started doing band ones with that too i just i'm getting flashbacks to when i was young and there was just like a novelty t-shirt store in town, Bef- obviously before the internet and you could just buy anything anywhere to say whatever you want. There was a place that would sell the big Johnson t-shirts and the Far From Groove and all these sorts of things. And uh, I think that is poised for a nostalgia comeback and uh, maybe Disturb should start making Far From Disturb t-shirts.
0: I think that would be awesome. Again, I, I- – I've got that big double neck guitar, uh, that's just taken up room and it's got so much real estate for it. Just a, a magnificent big Johnson panoply.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, the one of the necks in the head of the guitar has to be the Johnson. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> one is the Johnson. The other is a, a cartoonish bimbo looking lady being all like shocked and turned on by yes.
0: it. Yes. Oh my God. Guys, no, I, I know we joke a lot on this show, but if you know anybody who is a skilled artist and wants to do a Big Johnson scene on a double neck guitar, please hit me up.
1: <laughs> These poor younger listeners were just like, let me Google Big Johnson t-shirt. I'm just looking at it and just going like, what? The joke is that he had a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get it? It works on so many levels. Um. So
0: I lost track of what we were talking about because I was enjoying Big Johnson so much. Disturb. Uh, disturbed. Disturbed. Uh, so yeah, uh, Donnegan, uh, he, uh, Dan Donnegan, I was right, yeah. He uh, he got some, uh, some asshole uh, to paint his Schechter with uh, fuck cancel culture on it. And uh, of course... Uh, you know, uh, David Draymond was uh, quoted in an interview saying how proud he was uh, of his guitarist for taking on cancel culture. It's like you fucking stuck it to him with this painting on your guitar, brother. <laughs> I, I it's it's a it's a sickness right now in our our middle aged uh, hard rock uh, to metal community of guys that are just so preoccupied with this concept of cancel culture uh, that they believe this is the most insidious threat to them personally. I know we've talked about it a lot, but it's still going on, man. What's the fucking deal with
1: this? I think because they've rapidly approached middle age, they're less relevant than they used to be. And the last time when they were young up and comers that everyone loved... It was a different time where you could say and do a lot of things that would get a laugh or would get approval from your fans. And times have changed, and they have not changed with it.
0: That's fair. Um, I, I would think that there would be other things to get concerned about. Like it would make more sense to me if these guys started like getting on a tirade about their
1: tax rate. <laughs> like that's... Well, someone someone else takes care of the taxes for them. Yeah. That's That's... fair. What else is David Draymond doing in his day-to-day life? I know he has a kid, but I mean, who knows if he ever sees it. But, like, what else do you do? So you sit online, you watch your YouTube videos, you get sucked into some bad algorithm. And, I don't know, maybe you make a joke that you used to make 15, 20 years ago, and people go, like, "Like, how could you say that thing? (laughs) Why would you say that? That's not funny anymore. And they get offended, and they go, whoa, whoa. It's cancel culture that's making people hate me and me not being, you know, me being an idiot. That can't possibly be it. And it goes back to all these different words for the same thing. Cancel culture, woke, PC, politically correct. It goes back decades. We've talked about this before. And it's just hitting these guys now who peaked in life in their mid-20s making angry, aggressive monkey noises into a microphone.
0: Um, I was listening to um, a special edition of um, Street Fight Radio's uh, Shocktober uh, yesterday. Uh, have we, have you, and I ever talked about Shocktober?
1: Uh, I think a long time ago. Uh,
0: the, the whole thing is that uh, Murder Brian, of course, he was a guest on our show. He uh, he spends months uh, going through uh, the recent releases and the archives of uh, of the shock shocks of uh, yesteryear and gives you an update on how these guys are doing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Anthony Kamiya opening, Opie and Anthony, you familiar with them, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Um, he has a, a whole archive he pulled up of, uh, specifically jokes, quote unquote jokes uh, about Anthony Kamiya, uh, repeatedly stating his preference for underage girls. <laughs> hmm. And it's like, he's on, um, he's on some right wing, uh, podcast syndicate now. Cause he got fired from every radio, uh, every radio station that would possibly hire him uh, and, you know, really doubling down on the whole cancel culture thing. It's like, Oh, I think there's a reason for that. Cause there's a huge archive of you like saying that you're straight up a pedophile.
1: <laughs> and these are the same people that complain about safe spaces when they literally have to run to the corners of the entertainment world to still be able to put out their music or their talk shows or whatever. And you end up on a Newsmax or an OAN or a right wing network whatever all these other things the blaze these channels that are just come free with your tv your smart tv that has 500 channels to begin with
0: yeah i recently discovered that my uh i I bought a tv a while ago uh and i was like oh there's a shit ton of things on here Uh, most of them are very bad
1: (laughs) yeah i have an lg that um i think if you agree to advertising on your tv you get like two to three hundred channels and a lot of it is just old syndicated like here's the adams family channel here's the carol Burnett channel and they have about 10 conservative television channels and then like the young turks yeah
0: um for some reason literally any hour of the day on one of these channels you can watch uh the blair witch project 2 book of shadows
1: (laughs) yeah i think uh paramount has something to do with it um where they just have 20 or 30 movie channels that will you could see idle hands whenever you want or just a a narcos channel or the walking dead and it's okay for flicking around but uh, i don't know anyone that really wants to see five hours of scarface
0: oh i mean i would that's me that's i'm that guy (laughs) you could
1: just buy it you could just watch it on netflix
0: i i do own it it's I got a sickness. Uh, but uh, anyway. There's
1: some movies where I can understand doing that, like a Pulp Fiction maybe, where you're just passing by and you watch it for two minutes and then it's 10 minutes. But Scarface, that's a long movie to begin with.
0: Oh, man. I fucking love Scarface, though. I, I, I realize, you know, at my ripe old age, I am a fucking caricature of like a man child. Like, if you give me a gangster movie, like. Some movie that's been celebrated in every single hip-hop song from the 90s. Like, I am into that shit. That's my fucking, that's my, that's my jam.
1: (laughs) We gotta get you to start watching uh, Cradle to the Grave or something like that. Oh my
0: god, fuck, dude. I was talking to uh, a guy just a couple of days ago who brought up uh, both Cradle to the Grave and Romeo Must Die, and I'm like, yeah, I I gotta watch those again.
1: (laughs) That sweet spot of uh, hip-hop and rap culture getting into, like, Eastern and, um... Kung Fu movies, Wu Tang Clan obviously yeah. and Jet Li movies.
0: Um anyway, that uh, So had you had Tubi before? Have you did you have Tubi previously?
1: I mean, I've used Tubi um, just going to the website and watching random things.
0: I got I got Tubi a couple of weeks ago and
1: it is it has completely changed my shit, man. <laughs> There's a lot of horror movies on there. There
0: is a lot of everything on there. It's a clearinghouse for content, and it 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 goes between like incredibly highbrow art house shit to the lowest of the low
1: and the stuff that you would find in the one dollar dVD bin at a gas station
0: and i'm just like i'm fucking writhing like a hog and slop with this. <laughs> I, I know that lots of people have told me over the last couple of years, like, you ought to get Tubi. My God, I wish I would done, I had done it sooner. It's so much fun. I mean, it's free, isn't it? Yeah, it's free. You just have to watch ads, which honestly, yeah. if it's
1: not that, it's fine. <laughs> it depends on the ad you get, because I've seen, like, it, it, people may not know this, but you know the Fox New, Fox Corporation owns Tubi, and I've seen people get, like, anti-abortion ads on some of their stuff watching, Weird. which is the I get uh, I
0: get a lot of public health ads. Actually, (laughs) I've gotten medication ads. A
1: lot of random medications.
0: Uh, And the the algorithm—it's so good that it'll autoplay you a movie uh, that's uh, pretty relevant. So, like, I put on uh, "King of New York" again, another '90s hip hop classic. (laughs) Uh, If if folks out there have not seen Abel Ferrara's uh, "King of New York," I implore you to go watch it right now. Uh, Christopher Walken plays a drug kingpin who's so fucking cool it's got um, Steve Buscemi as a like a guy who tests the drugs to see if they're good it's got uh, fucking uh Lawrence Fishburne is like a, a cool hitman like it's it's the sickest movie dude I finished that as soon as it's, uh, it's over it auto plays a uh, uh, Bad Lieutenant port call New Orleans uh, with Nicolas Cage, the Werner Herzog uh, remake mm-hmm. of uh, Bad Lieutenant, which
1: have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen it.
0: Oh, my God. You got to watch it. It's so fucking good.
1: <laughs> I was too busy yesterday watching another Nicolas Cage movie. What were you watching? Pig. I haven't seen that one yet. I heard it was really good, though, was it? It's surprisingly good. Um, I mean, not like great, but way better than you'd think it would be, especially with like the run he has been on of movies over the past 15 years. But it's one of those things where like if someone's explaining John Wick to you, you go like, that's it. He's going after people who killed his dog. It doesn't sound very good, but then you watch it and you kind of you get into it and see that it's more than just the generic. This guy's going after the people who stole his pig. And there's... There's a story to it, and there's uh, surprisingly more emotion than you would think something like this would be.
0: Um, I know Kit was saying that it was it was one of his favorite movies from last year, and it's just one of those things. Like I've got it on the list. Uh, just, uh, I just I got I gotta force myself to pay attention to something new, you know?
1: Yeah, it's on Hulu right now. If anyone wants to watch it, yeah. Um, so it, gotta do it. Gotta do it. It was better than the movie I watched uh, on the 4th of July that we were talking about, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Fuck that movie. You're going to make some enemies by saying that kind of thing. Good. I wasted my time watching that. Music was awesome. The visuals were awesome. Colors, usage, awesome. The story sucked. (laughs) Or lack of story. And the general weirdness. And all it needed was the jerking off sounds for an hour and a half. And that would have fit in. Exactly. It was definitely artsy spooky sort of stuff, but like not. And I just wanted it to end.
0: I love artsy bullshit. I, if it's self masturbatory, all the better. I have tried twice now and I could not make it beyond the first five minutes of that movie. You're not missing anything. It's just real fucking real fucking slow
1: starting out. <laughs> it, it, stay slow the rest of the time. Um, You know, if you're into watching a weird looking guy staring at the camera for five minutes as colors change and a broken Korg is playing in the background, this movie's for you.
0: I mean, did you like, uh, did you like Mandy?
1: We've talked about Mandy. We reviewed it.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that was the, the movie he did after, uh, or sorry, he did beyond the black rainbow. Then Mandy, I think
1: it's, for whatever sparseness that is in Mandy in terms of the story, there was even less with this. Hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, one day I'll give it a try again so I can, I can either concur or deny your, uh, your rage at this one. Uh, but as it is, I just, I can't make it through it.
1: <laughs> it's not worth your time.
0: Um, you know, it is on, uh, to be right now. Uh, I gotta give a, a, a whole, uh, throated suggestion to it autofocus you ever heard of autofocus no I don't think so uh, Paul Schrader movie the guy who did uh, who, who wrote taxi driver uh, it's about um, Bob Crane the guy who played Hogan on Hogan's Heroes uh, and I don't know if you ever heard this but Bob Crane IRL was a massive sex addict who uh, was uh, murdered <laughs>
1: Because of his sex addiction,
0: yes, consequences <clears throat> of his sex addiction. It is one of the most deeply uh, uncomfortable movies I think I've ever seen. While like the the tone of it is very upright and cheery and sixties bright, colorful. It's it's uh, it'll make you uh, it'll make you think twice about do I like sex? I don't think so anymore. <laughs> well, that sounds like family fun right there. I, I, I know I didn't exactly sell it, but uh, check it out. It's good. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, the Disturbed guitar, real stupid. Oh, fuck. I forgot we were talking about this. God damn, Fuck it. Let's talk about Tubi again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what an incredibly stupid thing to put on your guitar. What an incredibly stupid thing to be proud of. It doesn't exist. You're creating enemies in your head and getting real mad because you have not been able to move on from a juvenile and backwards mindset. Good luck putting out your new song this week. Do they have a new song this week? They do. Mm. Have you listened to it? It's not out yet. It'll be out by the time this episode comes out. I think it's called Hey You, which we shall see what that song is about, because it could entirely be about, um, does anyone remember the flag except for me type stuff
0: hey you i'm i'm a nom i think, uh,
1: I, think that's what it's I get to say this word that i'm not supposed to say i'm <laughs> uh well
0: what do you think um I, I think before we 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 close this one on though, we we do need to say uh firm uh, goodbye to uh, tony sirico
1: Yeah, um, I was going to start the show off and then we forgot it with uh, There was a a very big death this past week A controversial figure that was taken before his time And I know a lot of people uh, have strong opinions about it But R.I.P. Tony Sirico and not Prime Minister Abe (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think he's been in bad health Or he had been in bad health for a long time Um, There are rumors of him having dementia uh, there was the Talking Sopranos podcast with um, Steve Schirpa, oh, yeah, who played Bobby Bacala, and um, Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher, and they had a lot of people that are on the show. They'd have them every week, just doing interviews and talking about stuff, and you'd think they would have had Tony Sirico on there, but they never did, so that kind of indicates some sort of not being able to do it, and they were interviews over the past couple of years just kind of talking about how like sopranos during um, the first couple of years of people being stuck at home with the pandemic the sopranos got like a new life because people were home watching it and I saw this really long uh, read this really long interview about the pine barons episode which starred him and michael imperioli and they interviewed every one of the best ones my favorite and they interviewed everyone involved except for Tony Serrigo. Goddamn. So, yeah. So, it's uh, sad news. He was great on the show, an icon, and um, was a real-life mobster for a while, and was very specific about what his character would and would not do on the show, including, like, being a rat and dying. That was like, if you want me on the show, these are the two things that, like, you're not allowed to do. And uh, they respected that. And I also saw an interview a while back where he actually tried out for uncle jr's role first huh and they like they loved him but he wasn't right for the role and david chase the person behind the show after his interview that night created the paulie walnuts character he didn't exist prior to him auditioning and they created this entire other iconic character for him that's how good he was i mean
0: everybody loves paulie walnuts
1: he is incredibly funny uh one in a million character and um i saw someone else post this but whenever someone would die on the show or get whacked and he found out about it and they were going into like their rehearsals or the readings he would make machine gun sounds at them <laughs> <laughs> he would just go eh. uh i
0: think the, the thing that It strikes me as he just seemed like a a, a genuinely weird kind of guy and uh it's it's rare uh you know to 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 have somebody that had a a rough like working class background find success like that and uh and just be genuinely weird the entire time so
1: essentially just being himself
0: yeah just a strange dude who was delightful on screen um yeah it's a it's a real shame um I know where you're going with that that's a that's a good misdirection though. I do want to say it's extremely funny that Shinzo Abe got murdered by a junk machine.
1: <laughs> it's a weird story and uh, uh more is trickling out about it and motives behind it and it seems like it's only going to get weirder. Yeah, the moonies are involved, man. <laughs> yeah, we we will see what happens. That's all I can say about that because it's going to get a lot weirder. And also Whenever things like this happen, be careful about, like, what people post on Twitter. Suddenly everyone's an expert, and it's really just people running to Wikipedia real quick. Um, take stock of who is saying certain things. And be smart about retweeting and believing it.
0: Yeah, and uh, only uh, only tweet if you have something very funny to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, or if you have a good meme. Yeah,
0: yeah. I gotta say, people have done a good job this week. I've I've laughed heartily. <laughs> uh, you you got to enjoy. You got to enjoy the small things, like a uh, completely left field um, uh, duct tape uh, homemade gone ex- assassination of a world political leader. It's you don't get too many of them.
1: Enjoy a former world leader. Former,
0: former. All
1: that, right, that just adds to the weirdness. So. I,
0: I yeah, I, I I'm kind of. Uh, kind of interested to see where this goes with the unification church because uh, that's uh, some deeply weird shit involved everywhere uh those guys uh, apparently own the uh, washington examiner right now
1: <laughs> yeah that was a, a big deal when they bought it and i think they yeah, own newsweek a, too <laughs> yeah newsweek isn't what it used to be same with time they're all bought up they have the name where people like still trust them but the people who own it are like weird, non-American, ultra-conservatives.
0: Very deeply strange stuff, and it's only gonna get better from here, folks. So uh, yeah, let's uh,
1: let's take a look together, see what it looks like. Yeah, we are your only trusted source of news. No exactly. one owns us.
0: Exactly. But they can if they want, we're yeah. open for business. I, I'm surprisingly cheap, too. Um, all right, but before we go on this one, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to add on? No, I think that's enough. All right, again, I can't uh, stress this enough. If you know anybody who can paint a big Johnson scene on my guitar, please let me know. My DMs are open. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush